0: Welcome to episode 41 of the Sydney EO Business Podcast. I'm Brendan Tarazzi, the host of the show, and today I'm with Steve Chapman from Shine Drinks. Is it Shine Drinks or Shine Drink? Shine Drink. Drink. Okay. Now, I was just saying to you before we got on the air that um, the great thing about the podcast is you're always learning new things and meeting new members. Um, tell us a little bit about what you do, because I certainly wasn't expecting that when I turned up and uh, knocked on the door today.
1: Yeah, um, I guess what we've done, launched a business called Shine, which is a drink company we manufacture and distribute and market uh, nootropic drinks into now about 5,000 stores across Australia, like Caltech, Seven Eleven, 11 Coles Express, uh, the top Woolies, and as of Fed next year, confirmed last week, uh, all stores colds as well. So, oh, Amazing. Now, for those that don't know, what's a nootropic? A good way to think about nootropics are the ingredients that are good for the mind. So uh, things we use are natural. Uh, you might be familiar with some of it. Turmeric, ginseng, green tea, B vitamins, green coffee beans, an ingredient called L-theanine, which is found naturally in green tea. Uh, there's some synthetic nootropics out there. Um, some people may be familiar with maybe the Bradley Cooper Hollywood movie Limitless in uh, 2011 that came out. Uh, that's the Hollywood extreme version of some of this stuff we're talking about. There are pill versions out there which are obviously synthetic, uh, which we were talking about before, do definitely give you a bit of a buzz, uh, a very strong stimulant for most of the day. We use a lot more natural, probably less intense uh, versions of these things, but they do generally make you feel pretty sharp 30 minutes after you drink one of these things.
0: And, and do you think it's like, people are drinking this as an alternative to coffee? Like, is it the next coffee?
1: Coffee or energy drink. Uh, my theory of, of, I guess, drinks is, you know, a long time ago, soft drinks came out with, you know, initially with cola, caffeine and sugar, and that made people feel good after they'd drunk it. And that's why, if you look at the old advertisement from hundred years ago, it was pitched as a, almost a medicine drink. Uh, docs have recommended it, said it was good for headaches. And then energy drinks came along maybe you know, 25 years, uh, a go and they put more caffeine, more sugar in it, made people feel even better. And now you've got, you know, the extreme versions of that with people, you know, doing extreme sports and, uh, you know, Red Bull and Monster and V have been very, very successful. It's a $65 billion category globally. Um, just the consumers up to speed a bit now and what's going into these drinks, some of the health concerns around the levels of caffeine, some of the other ingredients, taurine, grana and the artificial sweeteners and, and, and obviously the high sugar is, is the biggest victim. Uh, so we've kind of come along and ticked the health box. So our drinks are natural, they're low sugar, they're low calorie, uh, there's no official additives and things. And we ticked the function box, which is all these ingredients are good for the mind, they're going to make you feel better sharper 30 minutes after drinking. So we kind of ticked both boxes, I guess, and that's maybe why I've had a bit of success in the last couple of years.
0: And, I mean, how do you get something like this started? I, I'd imagine it's just like, I remember being in New York, um, about 15 years ago, and I can't quite remember. They, they had those vitamin drinks. It was like 2004, 2005. and Vitamin they, water? Vitamin water, that was yeah. it, yeah. And they were all the rage, like, everywhere in New York. And they had. They weren't in Australia at that time, and we were actually looking at that, and, and everyone just said, forget it, you know, like Coca-Cola will just eat you alive.
1: Yeah, well, Coca-Cola ate them alive for, I think, $4 billion, so... <laughs> <laughs> it was probably good for the the founders. Yeah, yeah. Um. And there was a company that came after them, which was called Bai B A I, which ended up selling in 2016 for 1.7 billion, which was the next version of Vitamin Water, I guess. Yeah. Right. Um. Is so Vitamin Water still around? Or? It is still around. It it similar to some of these, you know, maybe fad drinks. Uh, it was found out they were still quite high in sugar. Yeah. yeah. Right. The levels of the functional ingredients were really quite. Miniscule, that they wouldn't have much of an impact on any sort of actual health benefits. Uh, so the consumer just got savvy. Coke probably paid a bit of a premium at, at the top end of the market, thinking it would just keep going. Mm. Uh, once Coke took it into its mainstream ecosystem, it, it didn't do the numbers to justify itself in place. So, yeah, they are around. You still find them in a lot of stores. That mm. um, is not the, the biggest thing in, in the fridges at the moment, I'd say. In the last three, four years in Australia, kombucha's probably taken that crown. Yeah. You know, is there
0: one company that controls kombucha that Yeah, Remedy
1: Kombucha is probably the number one in the market. Um, Mm. Mojo got bought up by Coke last year. Yep. There's a lot of activity in kombucha. Uh, Remedy's been the market leader probably for the last three years. And as a category, it's gone from, I'd say, you know, five to 10 million dollars five years ago to maybe three, four hundred million dollars now.
0: Wow. And so walk me through how you, you know, it was three years ago or four yeah, years? Yeah, three and a half
1: years ago we launched. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Just less than that actually.
0: And what made you, like how did you get, get into, into it? it. Yeah. Uh,
1: so my, my I guess, entrepreneurial story p- before Shine was I started at PwC uh, thinking that business was my future and <laughs> as a kid. You know, i was always doing kind of quirky entrepreneurial things back then i don't think entrepreneurship was a word though so it was kind of more around um business was was the word and it would be like the paper route or hire the kids in the street to clean cars for five bucks where you charge a parent 20 bucks and yeah um at one point i was importing things on uh ebay from the us like ghd hair straighteners and selling them all to the girls in the eastern suburbs and I, at one point, had like, I think 15,000 worth of GHDs coming in (laughs) from eBay, US, and then they got seized at customs, and they wrote me a letter saying, you know, where's your GST, where's your import tax, where's your ABN, you know, and I was 15, 16 at the time, and I wrote them back a letter saying, please just don't tell my parents, keep the GHDs, I'm kind of (laughs) out. So, um, did they respond to that or? No, I didn't hear from them again, but. But you uh, did
0: notice everyone in customs had straight hair (laughs) until after that.
1: Um, But everyone kind of said, oh, you might be good at business when you grow up. And I thought, what's that? And, you know, at the school I was at, you kind of look to your your friends and what their dads do is probably my career options. And one Mm -hmm. happened to be the, uh, the CEO at the time of Merrill Lynch. And I thought investment banking must be the future. And that seems like the pinnacle of business. And so I started down this route at. Uh, PwC as a, a cadet, I was 18, two weeks after I left, finished high school, I, I started there in a little suit right before Christmas. Um, and I was and I was keen to, to kind of start climbing that corporate ladder and uh, I think very quickly realised that this was very different to what I was doing as a kid, what I naturally loved doing. Um, and I'd probably have a two little things around, um, you know, more side, side ideas and hustles and stuff. So I remember seeing... F- Mark Zuckerberg who bought Instagram for a billion dollars after 18 months. And I was sitting in this kind of PwC office thinking that I want to do something like that. And I ended up quick quitting PwC to launch an app. Uh, And the goal was to build it and get Facebook to buy it for a billion dollars. And I made every mistake as an 18 to 20 year old entrepreneur would make trying to launch their first business. And, but I did learn a couple of things. One was, you know, that I wanted to do this forever. Like entrepreneurship was my calling. And two, I need to learn from people smarter than myself. Uh, so I went on this, what, what I call an apprentice, sip, apprentice journey. So I tracked down a bunch of successful entrepreneurs in, in Sydney. Um, and the top of my list was a guy called Sam Prince, who owned and started Zambrero Mexican restaurants. And at the time, they had about 35 restaurants. He'd done a lot of work in philanthropy. He'd done some other startups. And just a very good all round human. Mm. He a doctor incredibly smart and... Um, we ended up having one mutual friend we, we connected and I ended up um, really hitting off with Sam and you know three so seven years ago I started with Sam as his literally apprentice PA get coffees, waters drive him to and from work anything I could do to just get in the room and watch and learn and kind of shut up for the first time in my life.
0: So you're learning from osmosis at, at yeah, this stage. Yeah
1: definitely yeah it was, it was a full all intense um, apprenticeship and would start very early in the morning with meditation with Sam, uh, with, you know, life biography where we'd kind of pick through all my flaws and, and weaknesses and, and strengths and kind of piece me back together. What was the age gap? Uh, Sam was seven, eight years older than me. Okay, okay. Um, so, no, about nine years. Okay. So he was he was just before 30 and I yeah. was 20 when I met him. Yeah, nice. Um, so, yeah, we, we became very close friends but also, you know, as a mentor, I kind of learned as much as I could as he built out his own very impressive business empire. And I was then reading and I gave up you know, drinking. I, I started meditating every day. I read 300 non nonfiction books. I was just so hungry to learn because I wanted to not make every mistake possible again. Because that first business when I tried to launch the app cost me about $100,000 by the time I was 20. And that's not a good way to, uh, I guess, start any career. And and yeah, it was like a university. I, it maybe an MBA, <laughs> but at the time it was felt like my life was over yeah. and it was a yeah. Yeah. very dark time. And um, I was convinced I just didn't, never wanted to get back to that again. Yeah. So did that with, for Sam for three, three and a half years. Um, and I ended up going from a PA to more of an EA to more of just a 2IC across, I guess, the group of Sam's businesses and helping where I could either start them or help grow them. Uh, with the goal to, to return to the promised land, I knew entrepreneurship was my my, was my passion, and creating things was definitely something I wanted to do forever. But you know, now I had a bit more skill set. You know, I had Sam's lessons, I guess, on my back, and all these other lessons I learned from all these other books. And uh, so, three and a half years ago, one of the things we were doing in Zambroro was we, we created um, an IQ range in Zambroro because we came across some some science that pretty much said that there are ingredients that can help with. Um, brain function or brain health you know, at the time with food it was magnesium you know omega 3s and 6s um, nothing, nothing crazy but they had been proven in science to help with cognitive function and we thought interesting let's launch this as a food range within Zambrero and it, it did very well, it was very successful and we thought okay is anyone doing this in drinks has anyone thought about a cognitive drink a nootropic drink um,
0: are you still doing that in the
1: Mexican yeah, restaurants yeah still, yeah still doing really well there Um, And, you know, a lot of the students, a lot of professionals love that because they get a healthy, tasty um, burrito, a bowl, and they get this kind of other added benefit, which is helping them, you know, sharpen up for the rest of the day or or long-term health. Yep. Um, So, yeah, we thought, let's do this for for drinks. And globally, there was, you know, very small people doing it uh, in the U.S., you know, in, in very small ways. And we then started looking at the science, what ingredients are out there that can, one, be... Uh, effective and then two we looked at the the legalities and what you can actually put in a drink in Australia and that list kind of got halved or a bit more than that and then we tried to make it taste nice and we launched our little uh, 100ml shot on counters in cafes around the city Um, there was me walking into stores and uh, convincing them to give the chance and you know come back three days later and hope it had sold out and nine times out of ten it had sold out thankfully. Yeah wow
0: so you just sat, um, they kind of looked I remember seeing like Red Bull in bottles like that. yeah they, they ago, did energy
1: shots for a couple couple years and they didn't work yeah. here in Australia.
0: Yeah right and so you're literally knocking on doors going to what cafes yeah or?
1: cafes, convenience stores around the city were well based in Circle key at the time yeah um, I convinced Zambrero to give us a kind of 15 store trial All oh, right uh, and the Mexican restaurants and, and they did they did really well They were selling at the time three, four times more than what was in the fridge at $6.50 a shot. Wow. Um, so we, you know, the numbers in the 15 stores gave us the chance to get all-store ranging on Zambrero and then, you know, knocked on Harris Farms' door and knocked on a lot of the IGA doors and, you know, just thankfully the product, once we put it down, it sold. So for me it was more about just convincing people to give it a chance.
0: And so is it, like, how do you market something like that? Is it just good old-fashioned word of mouth, people talking about it?
1: Yeah, I think the fact that we're doing something new helps. You yeah. know, if you, if you pick it up, if you drink it and it works... You're probably likely to tell your friend, "Hey, check this out. It's new, and it's a new type of category." Um, so it always helps being the only one in your category. Yeah, it's hard from a, an awareness and a, a education point of view because. Deep education um, time before it catches on, or it, it yeah. sounded
0: sound like it happened pretty fast.
1: So I would still say most people don't know what nootropics are. Yeah, you know, most people probably haven't heard of Shine yet. I um, would yep. say we're just getting started. Yep. Uh, the retailers are up on trends. The retailers are willing to give it a go. Yep. And that's where we're at now, which we've had you know, in three and a half years. We're in just under 6,000 stores now. That probably puts it as the fastest growing beverage in the last couple of decades. That's awesome. The, the retailers getting behind it. The numbers are doing really well for a new product. Are they doing Red Bull Coke numbers yet? No. And mm. that's our challenge now is over the next three, five, 20 years. Like how do we build this to become a mainstream stable brand um, in
0: Australia. Do you do that by more stores or is it more or the stores you've currently got selling more?
1: Um, I think about it like a a Jim Collins great good to great kind of business flywheel approach where, you know, more distribution leads to more volume, which leads to decreased cost of manufacturing, which leads to better GP, which means we've got more dollars to then support it in store with advertising uh, or marketing or samples or reduce the price of it, and if, if we're in a price elastic market, then that could help drive further velocity in store. Further velocity in store means we've got better data to show other retailers, which leads to more distribution and the flywheel continues. continue,
0: so. Got to get to that tipping point.
1: Exactly, and, and I think yeah. in the last six months, you know, I was just reflecting with my partner um, last night where I think this is the worst and, and the best year of my life. Okay. <laughs> because, you know, with, with a product and actually manufacturing something, you know, the faster you grow it, the more money you need in sure. working cap and infantry, and you know if one thing of that fine balance goes wrong, then you're in a lot of trouble pretty quickly. And we had that problem at the end of last year, started this year, where some of these big retailers had given me verbal indications, or I probably optimistically thought it was, you know, 100% confirmed, and it was probably 50% or 60% confirmed. And these things get pushed back by a month or two, and you've got a million bottles coming in from China. You know you've got a couple hundred thousand dollar bill due which you don't have the cash for mm. so these things become very problematic if you just not miss one but maybe two big retailers that you're gearing up for uh, and that's what happened to us end of last year start of this year so oh uh, it had to go from what was a team of eight down to back to two i uh, moved out of the office back home it was me and one other guy just kind of doing anything you can to work with the suppliers to extend payment terms to work with us because it wasn't that the problem it wasn't selling it was in fact selling very well that we had all this range and coming on board which is the time it's just of the, the
0: financing of the whole yeah. to, it's getting hungry the beast is getting hungry and hungrier yeah. and hungrier
1: yeah so that was we yeah, had really tough time again and, and so how did you break through that uh thankfully the, the retailers came on board right we did we did do a small uh capital raise as well yep and that time and and then <laughs> to kind of make things worse i ended up signing up for an iron man through this <laughs> <laughs> hopefully
0: you are powered by shine
1: I was, I was helped by shine but um, I started training in Jan and this whole six month what I like to call, I'm a big reader and one of my favourite books is Endurance by Ernest Shackleton which is these guys get stuck on the ice for two years and they're pretty much stranded and they, they end up surviving but it, it's a true tale of endurance and um, was, that was kind of the theme of the six months which is do anything to survive um, you know, as long as you kind of just keep pushing forward and and for me, I was—I felt like I was probably out of control a little bit with the business in terms of I was kind of at the, at the mercy of some of these big retailers making a decision and also at the time going through a capital raise, like investors making a decision. And, you know, I'm probably more of a stoic than anything else and I try to focus on things that I can control and try not to waste too much time or energy focusing on things that I can't control. And so I thought, what can I control? And for me, training and, and exercise has always been a big part of who I was and an Ironman felt scary and a big enough of a challenge of going, I could just control how much effort I put into that. And, you know, if I want to go and do a three hour long bike ride, I can really go out. Yeah. And the weekend of my Ironman in June, which is, um, a full, full Ironman mm. that same week beforehand, Coles closed, 7-Eleven closed. We raised, uh, over a million bucks in the bank and we had, um, uh, one other retail Coles express signed yep. up and did the iron man that weekend yeah wow and it was just like chapter closed Yep. that was pure endurance and um and then you know the last six months has been absolutely incredible where we've gone from one and a half thousand stores for now six thousand uh four or five times the business yeah uh, we're back up to six seven people in the team yep who are absolute you know guns yep And, yeah, the 2020 is looking looking amazing. It almost sounds... And I got engaged. Oh, congratulations. I got engaged to my partner as well, so that was a highlight amongst the the darkness.
0: It almost sounds like you were revisiting those early app days. Yeah. And to see whether you had the the gusto to get through this time.
1: Yeah, and I think um, I'm a big fan of The Hero's Journey by um, uh, Joseph Campbell. Yep. And his view is that all stories are kind of repetitive and the same archetype. You know the, the world's good there's a call to action you kind of have to level up to beat meet all the challenges there's the greatest is the abyss and hopefully there's a rebirth and there's a hidden yeah. an inside and a gem and then you kind of got to get back to the the ordinary world again as a changed person or as a uh, i guess an involved person and that was definitely another abyss that i faced earlier this year and um as you always do with hindsight and looking back you guys have learned so much through that process but at the time it's still freaking
0: hard <laughs> I was listening to something this morning, and they were talking about in meditation how there's three levels: creation, maintenance, and destruction. And depending on where you are, like you know, creation is. It sounds like you're very much in a creative mode and just absolutely going for it, and kind of like the universe kind of rewards people for doing that. I think. Yeah. And and you've sort of let go of the stuff that you no longer need.
1: Yeah, and and as you always do when you kind of are forced to look at the business. In that drastic time where every single cent was accounted for, you realise where efficiencies can be made. You work with suppliers. Yep. You realise that payment terms can be increased. Yep. Um, you end up looking at which channels are making more money than others, uh, and you stop investing in shit that doesn't make money.
0: Failure was not an option. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds like.
1: Well, yeah. I was. I, as I said when I started my apprentice, I was like, I want to do this so I never have to kind of end up at that point again. Yep. Um, and I was determined not to, not to kind of. That it labs, and as we all know, with Vern Harnish and scaling up and things, that there are valleys of death. As you go from, you know, those kind of big numbers of one to a ten million dollar business, you know, you're going to have to break some stuff along the way to try and yep. get there. And I think <coughs> the stats are ninety four percent of people don't.
0: Yep. And so you were saying earlier that you've got a you've got a, a partner
1: as well. Yeah, right? fiance. Yeah. Oh, sorry. In the business is she? in, she in Oh the no business? no no. She's not. She's uh, a business partner. Okay. Yeah yeah. So I've a business partner who's Sam. Okay. Oh, okay, so you're yeah, yeah, still yeah. working with Sam. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, well, that was the... Um, there's, a, there's a philosophy we borrowed from medicine, which is called Sudotu, or see one, do one, teach one. Right. Um, and in medicine, they figured out if we're going to teach someone surgery, you don't tell them to read a textbook and then practice surgery. That's pretty unethical. Yeah. Um, but in business, that's kind of how we teach it. Like, here's yeah. a textbook and a degree, and, and good luck. Yeah. And that kind of, you know, it set me up for failure the first time around and that ended up costing me a lot of money and we and Sam borrowed this from medicine which is like let's just watch Sam for example build a business let me do it while being watched and then let me teach yeah, And wow not until you've done those three things have you kind of actually figured out enough of the skill to go on in your kind of progression in your career so when I started shine I actually got another guy who was also just about to start his first, first venture a guy called Andrew. And he became very much my 2IC or my apprentice, I guess. And I just tried to teach him everything I learned from Sam. Yeah, wow. And he'd been working with me for the last three and a half years. And literally this month was his last month in shine. And as of Jan, he's going to go start his own venture. And he's looking for an apprentice now to go pass on all the, all the knowledge. And yeah, all the wow. And so we're kind of just yeah trying to pass on the, 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 the passion of entrepreneurship in the best way we know how, which is this kind of see one, do one, teach one methodology.
0: Yep. Oh, that's amazing. And so do you sort of run your own show or like – and you just – that's like having a board around yeah, you, I Yeah, guess. so Sam's,
1: a, a, you know, effectively a – Non-executive. Uh, yes, he's a he's an incredible still mentor, I guess, with any challenge that I come up against. Um, but, yeah, I've been effectively running very solo for the last three and a half years. And, um, you know, you have to figure some stuff out by yourself. And, yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, you got to learn beverage and you got to learn the industry and you got to learn the business model And um, but you do have, you know, definitely a guide in hand uh, as well to kind of help you not make every mistake oh, yeah. yourself and you can learn from other people's experience.
0: Are there any imitators yet?
1: We're getting Pen- a couple. We're getting a small few handful of people that are coming along with either different shot formats uh, or different... Uh, some go after the healthy energy piece and some are kind of coming in <laughs> Particularly overseas, some that are popping up around new tropics as well. Oh, okay, okay. So, sort of,
0: I guess that's a good thing in a way when when competitors come on because that just means there's a market for it.
1: Yeah, definitely. I'm I'm happy with competition. Yeah. Uh, as long as they are good competition. So yeah. as long as it's a good quality product, they're not trying to price gouge the category. They're not you know choking in a lot of artificial stuff or making it unhealthy, and then we suddenly have a, a yeah, reputation it dra- problem. drags the whole industry down. Yeah. So you know what happened with kombucha was. If there was three players kind of five years ago and now there's I'd say 60 wow <laughs> yeah you know the top three are the only ones probably making any money yeah as, as with anything um, but the 65 brands are kind of telling retailers and telling consumers how great kombucha is and they're trying their best so eventually that's just growing the top line of the, the kind of market and the market leaders and that's what happened with, with energy drinks like Red Bull invented that category On every can they put the word energy drink right after Red Bull and then when anyone else launches an entry during deals kind of building their top line
0: yeah yeah exactly
1: so that's that's i guess our strategy with new topics is be good enough to maintain category captain and and hopefully a rising tide lifts or boats
0: yep absolutely okay well we're going to wrap up now steve um just five short questions
1: yeah uh how old are you uh 27
0: and what do you like to do to keep fit
1: uh Man triathlon
0: are you you're going to sign up for another one are you or? Uh,
1: i've got a couple, yeah.
0: oh, awesome. Um, how many hours sleep do you get each night? Uh, four to five. Four to five. And um, do you have any personal goals you're looking to achieve in the
1: next 12 months? Uh, probably run my first 100K running race. Yep. Uh, I saw actually today that the Manly to Bondi Senior Coastal Walk just opened, which is 80Ks. Oh,
0: how, how does that work?
1: So it's Man- like it connects all of the like coastal walks along from Manly, North Head, all the way to... Bondi and it's, it's apparently 80 k's and wow. every September I do head to head so I do north head to south head along most of that track yep. but now it's 80 so maybe I can find another 20 yeah. in the eastern suburbs somewhere and do, yep. do it that way Great, it sounds amazing and then get married in 2020 <laughs> It's
0: all happening um, and then final question uh, if you could be remembered for one thing in business, what do you think that would be?
1: Shine
0: Shine Okay, brilliant. If people want to find out a little bit more about you and Shine, what's the web address?
1: Uh, Shinedrink.com is the website. Uh, I'm on, I guess, Instagram. is so Shine at Shine Drink or Steve Chapman. Great. Thanks very much, Steve. Thanks for having me. Cheers.